Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, joining me virtually from Hagerstown, Maryland, the one, the only, this is Darren Shrewsbury Jr. Darren, I haven't introduced you like that in a few weeks. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Well, we'll see how you feel about this. The We'll get, we'll get right into it. There's no, no sense in really holding anything back. The NFL has today uh, redone the Rooney Rule. If you remember, the Rooney Rule was previously where you had to interview a minority candidate before you could uh, hire a head coach. And that, of course, spawns the whole uh, Brian Flores thing. Not immediately, but it, it eventually got us where we are with Brian Flores. Uh, so now the NFL has redone the Rooney Rule and says that you have to employ either a woman or someone of a racial or ethnic minority as an offensive assistant coach. Now, I know how I feel about this, but I want to know how you feel about it. I think we're on the same wavelength here for the most part. Uh, all, all I got is diversity is not a bad thing. I, I, there's zero reason why really anyone should be <laughs> against diversity. Um, where I wonder if it's coming from the right place is when it, well, is basically at this point being forced. Um, and that, that's really my only worry is, is, is forced diversity good? Um, and well, frankly, I'm not sure that's for me to say. <laughs> it worries I, me, but I'm yeah. not sure if I really can say that, oh, this is absolutely bad. This is the worst possible thing. Um, because I just, I don't know my opinion is valid. That's fair. I'm going to be a little bit more declarative in that. If you're making a change for the wrong reason or coming from the wrong place, it's bad. Like it, I understand what the NFL wants to do, and I have no problem with diversity whatsoever. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you've now got to a level where you feel it to be important enough to make it into NFL rule, that there has to be either a, a minority or a female on your offensive staff, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You've now gone to the I'm going to tell you how to run your organization thing, and I, I, I don't like that. That, that. that concerns me. And for that reason alone, I will say it's bad. At, le- at least the, the rule part, not the diversity part. That's, that's what concerns me. I, I, look, there are perfectly qualified people on both sides of this. Who are the perfectly? I mean, look. Let's just look at Brian Flores. Brian Flores could and arguably should have a lot more jobs than he does. He should be a head coach in the NFL right now, instead of being on the Steelers staff as a linebackers coach. Right? Mm-hmm. We know he's qualified. Anthony Lynn. Perfectly qualified as head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, got fired. Is was the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions last year. Okay, he's qualified. 
uh, there was a female assistant on the Cardinal staff. If you guys, I don't remember her name. And the Bucks had a female assistant on their staff when they won the Super Bowl. I don't remember her name yet either. But we know they're qualified. Why have we got to the point where I'm going to tell you how to run your organization? Why? And here, here, this is what this is what really concerns me. If we do this now, Bruce to say we're not going to get to the point where you have to hire that minority head coach over the white guy you want. I don't like that at all, because a head coaching hire can change the. It changes a it changes a lot of people's lives, right? Head coach, GM. Assistant coaches, yes, but to a lesser extent. But if you've got a head coach that doesn't like a certain player, you're going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to draft this guy. Okay, well, he goes somewhere else, things change. Or what happens if you hire a head coach that you can't – we've had this discussion before. If you hire for the wrong reasons, you can't fire them. What if they need to be – what if the change of scenery is good? But it's – like, here's the thing. If you're a, if you're a head coach now in the NFL or an organization, and one of these Rooney Rule hires isn't working out, and you think you need to make a change, good luck selling that. You're, it's going to come back to haunt you. That's a very bad spot to be in. We can't disagree with that. The basis of this, I'm fine with. The actual down and down and dirty business of it, I am less fine with. It's coming that I understand the place they're coming from, but I think they started at the wrong gate instead of the right one. That makes sense. All right, let's move on to actual on the field stuff. Well, more on the field than the Rooney Rule. Uh, it won't be on the field till September. Tyree Kill is now a Miami Dolphin. And add that to the list of things we never thought we'd say in the NFL this offseason. What are your thoughts on the trade that, that snuck up on everyone, although it kind of didn't because like two weeks before that trade went down, he thanked Chiefs Nation. And everyone kind of passed it off and it turns out he knew something we didn't. Yeah, he, he definitely knew something. Um and I, I, I definitely didn't expect it. Um, and I actually don't even remember seeing that. That that particular was even more so in the dark. Um, but when when it came up that he was uh, he was um, oh that day I think it was right. Did he, it yeah, came it up was that like he was twenty minutes before the trade went down. I I texted you and said, "Hey, he might be on the move." Then twenty minutes said, "Oh, great, he got moved." Mm-hmm. In the division and, now, yay! Yeah, uh, and it and it just immediately became a uh, immediately became. Um, oh, we had the, we we very briefly had the the conversation of of if Miami if he goes to Miami or the Jets, which one is 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 it dangerous because he's there in the in the um, division regardless? Um, and my my answer, and I still stand by this is that he I believe him being at Miami is infinitely more dangerous than him going to the Jets if that were to if that were to have happened um 
strictly because it's the Jets and they can't do anything right. Um, so Tyreek Hill wouldn't have been utilized properly there anyway. I'm just gonna. I'm just. He'd have been. He'd have been returning punts or something like that, <laughs> which is still dangerous. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I. So, but now it's a matter of. Well, um, how do you how do you how do you get around him now? Well, get get, get time to get those fast guys, Bill. Uh-huh. I was going to say, that's the first thing I thought of is, oh, God, we have a transitioning defense. We're trying to get faster and younger, and this is going to be the ultimate test for it. <laughs> Here's the thing. If there was ever a time to draw the Dolphins on the road week one, this is it. Right? They won't mm-hmm. have everything down yet. Go to Miami. Get them, go, go down there. Get that out of the way. And then just, like, then put him in Foxborough sometime in like October. I don't care. Just I don't want to go to Miami lately when they figured it out. I want to go down there week one or week two. Yeah. Now the NFL schedule may not may not agree, but found the Patriots. I'm submitting that request in writing. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing: they gave up a lot for him, but you know what? He's worth a lot. And now you've got. Tua, you've got Jalen Waddle, you still have Devontae Parker, even though the team did say today that uh, the head coach, I think it was, said that they would anticipate keeping him, but they're going to listen to trade offers for him, Devontae Parker. So we'll see how that ends up working out. But that's a that's a good football. That was a good football team last year. They just got off to a they just got off to a really bad start. Right? They came within a game of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. After losing seven in a row, that was not a bad football team. The only thing that you can that concerns you now, if you're a Dolphins fan, is you have a rookie head coach. But here's the thing: rookie head coaches now are doing a lot better than they have, than they have been. Mm-hmm. So it's not that's not as much of a red flag as it used to be. It's more of a yellow flag. It's okay. Yes, you've done this before, but we'll, we'll see how this goes. You've got the talent around you. Go build an offense. Go win games, right? Mm-hmm. It's not as bad as it has been. Yeah. I agree. Now, here's the thing, though. Brian Flores is the guy we're looking at. Like, you did all this because you hired, yes, Mike McDaniel is technically a minority hire. But like you did all this after you fired me, all because I told you I wasn't going to tank. <laughs> I mean, really, Brian Flores has to look at this, going, "Where was this kind of support when I was there?" Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I saw something briefly. Uh, I didn't uh, go into it too much, but there was the. Uh, I believe there was the two two more plaintiffs are apparently supposed to be added on to his. Yes. Uh, his, his they haven't obviously they haven't named who it was, but apparently that's uh, something that's supposed to happen. I'm just like, oh, okay, this is getting interesting. Mm-hmm. I did not read that much into it as well, but I did see that. Now, something that I didn't also didn't read into a whole lot because I was trying to wrap my head around it involving the Dolphins is that. Allegedly, 
Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. is trying to angle his way down to Miami from Tampa this season, this upcoming 2022 NFL season. So I know what response I got from you when I when I when I told you, and it was an absolute hilarious response I got. <laughs> but I want you to articulate that response in more words than a dinosaur meme. Uh, I'm just not. I'm just confused. I I don't. I truly just don't understand. I just don't know what the deal is. What what is what is the shtick? What what does he hope to gain from going there? I I don't know. I, I'm just entirely confused at the at the the suggestion even. To be honest, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm going like there's got to be some way to spite Bill, right? Like that's that's got to be the last thing on his list, right? It's to spite Belichick by beating by winning the division against him. Like that's got to be the only reason. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's it. And here's the thing: Why would you want to go to the AFC now, right? The AFC is loaded. The AFC West is loaded. The AFC West might well take up all three wild card spots. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to go do that? Saying <laughs> you go in the NFC, all you gotta go through is the Rams, right? Like, yeah. Who 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 else is standing in your way? The Rams and maybe the Packers. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So, what? You can waltz the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <sighs> I, I, I don't get it. Now, this is what really just baffled me: that the that the Bucks would then trade for Baker Mayfield if they traded him to my if they traded Brady to Miami. And it's been a theory for a while that uh, this was originally a theory back when the 49ers were considered the team to watch out for in the Tom Brady might be traded their sweepstakes. That Brady had an agreement with uh, box owners, Malcolm and Joel Glazer, the people, the Glazer family, that, hey, I won you a Super Bowl. I want to get traded to San Francisco. I want to do this. And the Bucks, when the Glazers went, okay, we got what we wanted. We got two years of you. We won a Super Bowl. We were in the playoffs the next year. You think you've helped this organization in more ways than we could ever have imagined. Okay, fine. But if we're talking about Baker Mayfield as the successor, if you're the Bucks, why would you even entertain that? Like what? What can you get from the Browns? Like Baker Mayfield, and then what? Because the Browns don't have much else to give you. They already gave everything to the Texans. What do you stand to gain from this? The Dolphins have picks. Okay, that makes a little more sense. But if you do trade my, if you do trade him to Miami or San Francisco, let's just say that's still open. If Baker Mayfield is is what you get in return, if you're the Bucks, why would you sanction this? Why would you even bother? Right? Like, yeah, I'm sorry, but you have to go to Tom and say, look, it's too much of a downgrade. Yeah, we're downgrading you anyway, but it's too it's too steep. No. Go retire again. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Why would you do that? Why would you deliberately hurt your organization? 
I don't get it. Neither do I. The whole the whole thing has got me just confused. And let's say, like, and here's the thing: Do, does the NFL know enough about Tua to where he would be desired as the pick as the quarterback going back to Tampa? I don't think so. You and I like as a whole seems to be kind of the jury is still out on. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to look at him, it's a, big, it's a big, huge question mark. Why do I want to go from Tom Brady to big, huge question mark? When I just brought the whole band back together and brought back Chris, Chris Godwin, Gronkowski is still on the roster, Leonard Fournette's there. Yes, you lose some pieces, but it's you basically brought the band back together for a third year. Why would I do that? Right? Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, Baker Mayfield, you ain't going to have Gronk there. Right? Gronk ain't going to play with Baker Mayfield. And the rest of the team is not going to put up the same kind of numbers with Baker Mayfield or Tua at quarterback. They're just not. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I... <sighs> yeah, I remain speechless, honestly. The whole <laughs> thing is... The whole... The whole... It just... It, somebody, somebody out there knows something... And if it's false, where in the did they did they just straight up make it up on their own or just decide to go quick? I just you, you, I don't you, know. You know what I think? I think Vince McMahon, after selling out the XFL, secretly bought into the NFL and it started to take WWE's headline writing and throw it into the NFL. <laughs> That's what I think. This reeks of Vince McMahon. Way. Just think of it. Only WWE and the NBA are the two things that would even have the bizarre headlines we've had in the NFL this past year, in this past like few weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Only there. So why not? Yeah, I'll sell my failing league to you, Dwayne Johnson. Now, go, hey, Roger, you doing anything? <laughs> you need a you need a marketer? I'll be I'll be your I'll be your guy. I'd love to move my office to 345 Park Avenue. I'd love to do that. 345 Park Avenue is where the NFL office is, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> it's a corner building on Park Avenue and another street. I actually read that today in a book about the Premier League, oddly enough. Huh. Yeah, the NFL's offices are lavish. And Scott, you know what the, you know what the Premier League's offices are? They're just some unmarked building in London. <laughs> a league that outdoes the NFL by multiple times in terms of TV revenue and revenue just in general has a nondescript office in London and the NFL is just tower in New York. <laughs> like I don't want anything to do with any of that. Mm-hmm. But think about this. The Premier League's uh, uh, chief executives, chief executive, Richard Scudamore, uh, Scudamore, when this uh, when the book was written a few years ago, was making like, uh, he was probably making like one thirtieth of what Goodell made. Wow. Some of that I have to go back and look it up. I'll text you the details later when I go back and because I just finished that chapter earlier, so I shouldn't have to be shouldn't be hard for me to go back and. Reference it, but 
he was not making that much money considering what the Premier League rolls in. So, yeah. Huh. The extravagance of the NFL should never be underestimated. Yeah, exactly. Now, speaking of one of those crazy, wild scenarios that happened, we did not discuss, at least we don't remember discussing, the Devontae Adams trade from the Green Bay Packers to the to La, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said San Francisco, then Los Angeles. I finally got to the, to the right place. So... <laughs> Assuming we didn't talk about this, we're going to go out of the whole new whole talk. We're going to redo it. Your thoughts on this trade? It just give me your overall, then we'll look at it from both sides. Um, I think my theme here since uh, since McDaniels got to Las Vegas was has been, um, this man's a genius. <laughs> um, I mean, he's he's been swindling everyone out of uh, some really big name guys. Um, it's, it's just uh, I don't know. He he learned from the best, apparently. Mm-hmm. Now, who wins? We'll get back to that trade in a sec. Who who wins uh, executive of the year so far? The the Chargers GM, the t- uh, Nick Casario down in Houston, or the or the Raiders GM. Hmm. Oh man, they're all <laughs> they're all doing well. Ooh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we don't decide this until next February, but still. <laughs> just get back to me in like October when the trade deadline is approaching and we'll see but who 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 won this trade now I know the answer is obviously the Raiders mm-hmm. so I, I shouldn't really wonder like that did the Packers lose this trade as much as we think they did in a, in, in a way I think because you had a guy who, I mean, well, this was one of the keys. Now, we, we all know, and Rodgers is basically, it's already been cleared up in that Rodgers pretty much knew bef- before he officially resigned or, or whatever or got the extension that Adams probably wasn't going to be playing one way or the other, whether it was on the team, whether he was just going to be there and not playing or. Um, yeah, he got told Devontae would never play for the Packers again. Now that I didn't know. Um, but on the other end, it's like, every, I mean, still, everyone up until that point assumed it was both or neither. <laughs> Which, obviously, assumptions are assumptions for a reason. Um, but you franchise tag him. He goes, nope, not going to happen. Not not playing under the franchise tag. And then everything goes, well, downhill in terms of what everyone now knows. Because at that point, no one, there wasn't that much information, at least that I was aware of. And then he gets traded within, what, with not even a week of, of that coming out that he was franchise tagged. And then the way, then, then he makes... I don't know what his guaranteed number was, but it's a five-year, $141 million contract. 
Yeah, and a lot of, like, I think it was like 98, for whatever reason, that number is Mm -hmm. running out of my head. 98 million guaranteed. Oh, I don't want to confirm that, but that that's the number that sounds yeah, pretty good to me. Definitely a big number, and and it apparently he was he definitely just didn't want to play in in Green Bay because apparently the Packers were willing to offer him a similar contract. Yeah, it almost seems to me like the the very fact that the Packers had not signed him long term pissed him off enough to where he's like, you know what? No, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And why not? I get it. But I, I also question it too because, look, if you've been franchise tagged once, they have one more chance to tag, tag then they have to let you go to free agency the, the third time. So... Here's the thing. If you get tagged once, you have all the leverage because you can go to them and go, well, you could tag me again, but then you got to let me go into Tracy, or you could just go ahead and agree to my terms and we can go on about our everyday lives. So I don't really know what what his thought process was other than I want to go play for my college quarterback in Derek Carr. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Because if you've been franchise tagged, you can swindle the Green Bay Packers <laughs> if you play your cards right. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers did. A- Aaron Rodgers got a lot more money than he probably deserves, based on how old he is and what he's going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Especially without you there now. So I mean, it. Why not bankrupt the Packers? Why not? Right. I mean, you're going to get your money anyway. Why not do that if you really – I just don't get it. And I'm not for players bankrupting teams, but he had a chance to do that if he really, really wanted to, and he completely uh, completely just blew it. Yeah, he, he really did. Um, the uh, And then let's just add on now to the, to the, I guess, the debacle, so to speak, of Packers and that – Valdez Scantling just signed elsewhere. Kansas City. Um, so there's another uh, potential weapon gone. Uh, hmm, what else? What else happened? I, I mean, I know they saw they signed Russell Douglas to an extension, so that's a that's a win. I have not, admittedly, not kept up with the Packers in their in their off season because, well, they're not my team. Yeah. So I only see the big stuff. But still, though, I mean, I, I just, I don't get it. Now, and here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers may actually get what he wants. Remember how he's always wanted them to draft a receiver in the first round? Mm-hmm. He, they might have to now. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, do you really want the young kid or did you want to, you know what I mean? Just like, why? Now, granted, there are some people who believe that Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay really wasn't up to him. Because the Seahawks had, uh, the Broncos rather, had been kind of talking with the Seahawks back and forth and went, yeah, we want him. Instead of, we want Aaron. Mm-hmm. So, if you believe that, then Aaron didn't have much of a choice. It's either I go to Denver, okay, they moved on. Hey, Green Bay, you still want me? So, if that's the case, you know, 
does it really, really matter? But the same, it kind of does because it just, you could have had a chance to load up and go one more time and you both could have got paid and you blew it. And here's the thing, you not getting paid or you both getting paid hurts you less if you're, the, if you're, if you're talking about competitiveness because the Packers are the team that they don't want to spend any free a whole lot. They, they build up for the draft. And they sign cheapo guys in free agency. Mm-hmm. So they're the organization that could afford to probably pay you both and then find some gem on the bottom of the roster and do that. They could have found a way to do that. That's what they do in Green Bay. So they both had a chance to get a ring and get paid. And now it's just Aaron and, and God knows who else up there. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know who I hate or feel bad for in all this? I saw this joke elsewhere, so it's not mine. But the guy who puts the names on the back of Chiefs jerseys, he's now got Juju Smith-Schuster and Mark and Marquez Valdez Scantling. <laughs> Have fun with that one. Mm-hmm. And then Mahomes' brother and his wife could be making TikToks out in the middle of nowhere. So uh, yeah, have fun, Andy Reid. Have fun. <laughs> All right, let's turn a little bit more closer to our football home. The New England Patriots, Belichick spoke at the NFL League meetings and said the Patriots will not have a offensive or defensive coordinator because, quote, I'm not a big fan of titles, close quote. Hmm. But he did say that both Matt Patricia and Joe Judge will play a significant role in the offensive staff this year. So, what am I supposed to make of all that? Well, let's ask Darren what he's what he, I'm supposed to think of all that. Darren, tell me how to think. <sighs> it's going to be very interesting. It really is. Um, it, uh, the thing that I think that confuses me the most with that statement of uh, uh, in is that wasn't a th- like that wasn't a, a thing he had been acting on up until uh, the last couple of years, really. Um, and, and more so in terms of didn't really have a defined defensive coordinator. Um, you know, McDaniels was, was always the offensive, the, the actual offensive coordinator. That was the title. Um, so why make the statement now? Why is it a thing that matters to you now really it, it just leads to more questions um in the end i if, it, if the team's efficient the and whatever who might have questioned it doesn't i mean in the end really titles are titles i mean they're just words it doesn't matter if it titles offensive coordinator or whatever but I mean, if someone's doing the offensive coordinator job, I guess unless there's a like a the pay there's a pay thing on hidden pay structure under there that I don't know, um, but I think it just still raises a few more questions than than really anything else. I'm with you. I, I mean, uh, all I care about really is who's calling plays. That's all I care about because everything else, the Patriots are a are a organization that they embrace conversation, they embrace debate. 
it's not – I am the offensive coordinator. I'm going to tell you what I want and how I want it done. You're going to shut up and you're going to be a good soldier. It's – I have this title, but I want to know what you think. So, yes, there have always been, until Matt Patricia left to coach the Lions, there have always been offensive and defensive coordinators. But the whole organization was built around this football debate in-house. So if you've got that, and everyone's bouncing these ideas off of each other and going, well, I think we should do this, and here's, but here's the thing. You can't just say that. You've got to back it up. You can't just say this week predominantly without having a damn good reason as to why we should do this. So if you can back it up and you can say, okay, this is what we should be doing and here's why. But that and all that information gets trickled into here's what we're doing on Sunday, I'm fine. Because here's the thing. Head coach coaches coaches. Coordinators coach coaches. Coaches coach players. All you're doing is losing that second level. And it's going direct. It, you're only losing his title of the second level because Belichick will coach his coaches who will then formulate a game plan on their side of the ball and will then go, okay, here's what we want to do. I, as long as it works, I'm, I, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. And, and here's the thing in the modern NFL, when, when that's trying to push for diversity, m- this is really big brain, big picture here, but just hear me out. In a part of NFL that is now pushing diversity at the level in which it is, if you eliminate the need for an offensive coordinator, does that open up a potential room for a minority hire or, or a female to go, well, let them call offensive plays. They're not the offensive coordinator, so you can't, you can't argue that but they're calling offensive plays. And I, I, I don't believe Belichick was thinking that far in advance. I truly don't. But that doesn't sound as far-fetched to me as I think it probably should at this point. Yeah, that, that's a good point. It, <laughs> it's He probably wasn't thinking that far ahead because there might have been a lot of... There's probably still a lot of information that, that in there, but... At the same time, this is Bill Belichick, and he works in mysterious ways. So it wouldn't surprise me if he was. Yeah, they had this debate on Pardon Me Interruption today, and Michael Wilbon gave a great. It's like they asked him, "Does this make sense?" And uh, he went, "Everything Belichick does makes sense till it doesn't work." <laughs> so right now, it makes sense. Check me back with me in, in October. Exactly. All right, so because my computer picked the absolute worst timed update, I'm flying. I charged it for the first time in a month, so I did do something, but it updated, <laughs> and it's still updating. So I'm going to ask you to pull up the Patriots roster and go to the receiving court. All righty. Uh, 
let's see if I can get it in order here. Yep, there you go. Okay. All uh, right. That looks right. Now, state of the core receivers. Does that unit impress you? Does that unit draw questions from you? What says you? We're including tight ends in this co- in this as well, of yes. course, right? Yes, receivers and um, tight ends. Let's see. We have listed on uh, in those two positions. We have Christian Wilkerson, which he was a new pickup, right? He was just picked up. That sounds right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Matthew Slater, which he's listed as wide receiver, we know he's not really used as that, of course. Um, Malcolm Perry, Trey Nixon. Wait, what? Malcolm Where did Perry? Malcolm Perry go to school? Navy. That's what I thought. <laughs> Thank I you, Bill. Know. I didn't know how long he'd been. How long is he? He must have just been picked up too, because he doesn't even have a number. Yeah, he was on the he was on the Ravens squad for a while, I mm. think. Uh, we got Trey Nixon, uh, Ty Montgomery, which we know what he can do, um, and Keel Harry, assuming he's still there, which I'm going to assume he's dealt in some way, honestly. Um, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I don't know why Jacoby – wait. Am I missing something? Jacoby Myers isn't on this. Okay, that's, that's weird. I'd, I don't think he'd been got. He hadn't been. He had a second round tender on him, so I hadn't seen. Maybe he's just not on the roster because he's technically still a free agent. Well, he's still a free agent technically. That's it. Can't include him. So, so as as of as for all intents and purposes, he's he's not a patriot at this moment. Um, but I haven't seen any other. I haven't seen that he's. I haven't seen any information. I, in fact, it's not popping up that anyone is interested in him. So there's, I would hope that means he makes his way back because, uh, yeah, he was he was the leading receiver. <laughs> um, but news uh, to the Patriots to look at trading their leading rusher and then let their leading receiver go in free agency. <laughs> yep. Uh, they have a, They have a history in the last few years of letting number ones go. Um, and twelve. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, operating on the assumption that he's just he's not on the team, I uh, I I won't I won't include him. Um, uh, but I hope he's back, and that I would just say that would make him all the more better if if you ask me. Um, Johnny Smith, Dalton Keene, Hunter Henry, and Devin Asiasi. Um. It's, I think, it's 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 a solid receiving core. It's still not a blow you away receiving core like people want. But I think the addition of Montgomery is is gonna help out a little bit. Of course, again, I'm lumping James White in the receiving core here too for a minute because that that's what he's good at. He's got a lot of things, but he's he's really good at being a, a receiver. So I'm going to lump him in there too. Having him back is going to make things. It's going to open things up for everybody. Um, I mean that that goes without saying. Having him there and having to look out for him in some way, having to put one guy having their eyes on him is going to open it up for for everybody. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, 
we uh Janu Smith is I'm I, I'm going to just say it if you if anyone attacks Janu Smith for not being productive um just leave just get out of here because you haven't you clearly weren't actually watching what he was doing sure he wasn't used a whole whole lot in the receiving game but when he was he was effective but when he uh, in terms of beginning targets but when he was on the field he was making an impact he was he was having an impact and just because you're a tight end i don't quite understand why people don't really get this about tight ends they're they're not just receivers they're blockers too some of them way more so than than they are receivers I think we kind of got spoiled because the, let's go back to the two tight end days of Gronk and Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Both could catch. Hernandez basically was a receiver who happened to play tight end. So I think now, granted, you can say this about how the style, the position has evolved in general. But Patriots fans, the whole I think, are like, "Well, Gronk and Hernandez did it. Why can't you do it?" Right? Because mm-hmm. when you say two tight end, that's what we think. Right, that's the Patriots, uh, modern Patriots fans anyway. Mm-hmm. Thought of a two tight end set is Gronk and Hernandez if you're old enough, uh, and unfortunately we are. Uh, <laughs> so you just, I think that's part of the reason. But I'm with you. You need to remember what position it is. That there's not a WR next to his name. It's a TE for a reason. The guy can block. Yep. And let's not and- forget how the offense was structured. We exactly. run the ball a lot. And uh, so here's a thing, and I'm not going to suggest that this is something that should happen, but this is a thing that just popped into my brain as it did happen. I don't know how, how I feel about it, but what if it did happen? So they just were re- not released, but uh, uh, Jakob Johnson just got sound, say, uh, uh, signed by, would, what did I say, Pittsburgh? Was it Pittsburgh? I think so, yeah. I don't uh so they don't have a fullback anymore. And we know that the fullback in New England, which we're pro- if a fullback exists anywhere, they're blocking. But of the few teams that I'm aware of that actually actively use a fullback, <laughs> basically, um, it was the Patriots, and they used, used him for blocking. Could that be a, a role that we see Smith put into it some cases not maybe entirely but could that be a role we might see him in sometimes i wouldn't put it past them no i, I mean, mean we've seen some interesting people back there in that role especially mm-hmm. Dev- when devlin was absent and since his retirement so didn't they put a linebacker back there at one point probably oh uh, what's his name he was a uh... oh gosh i thought i'd never forget when they did it they did it against the jets i think one time in that when they when they in the game where Bill trolled the Jets with the timeouts, yeah, I don't. I, mean, I can't remember the guy's name though. Yeah, but yeah, they've done it. The first thing I thought of once I heard you say that is, well, depending on what you think of Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi, do you want to have four listed tight ends, or if you really like a tight end in a draft, do you take one that maybe convert them to fullback? Because going from tight end to fullback isn't, it, it's not unheard of. I don't know what they think of Asiasi or Dalton Keene as a blocker. 
So for all I know, they really want them to both grow as a tight end and be the backups to Keen, uh, not Keen, to uh, Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. But just a, a thought there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Because especially because we very rarely see much of anything from those two. Um, uh, and Keen and Nasiasi. Uh, they got uh, drafted, and then it's been nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, they're still on the they're still on the roster for a reason at this point. So, at least you believe that there's something they that that Bill thinks that they can be used. There's some situation in which they can be used and effective. Right. Just who knows what, and that's mm-hmm. not for us to know. Yeah. Until we see them on the field. So. <sighs> You're right. This will be interesting. I hope Jacoby Myers is back because, well, two reasons. Number one, he is the team's leading receiver. Number two, mm-hmm. I like continuity. And with the second-year yeah. quarterback, I really like continuity. Yeah. Especially in a year where you lose your offensive coordinator and they're not. there's not going to be a title offense. There's still going to be an offensive play caller. But I just having as much continuity as you can – Although I, I I will say this, if you're going to completely, you know, redo the staff, redo everything, you can make a case for bringing in as many new guys as you can, and just, you know, not feeling. Granted, the Patriots or anyone just does not feel pressure to bring anyone back. They make decisions they do for a reason. Mm-hmm. So it's not like either any of us is going to go, hey, you. You, the guy that's won eight Super Bowls, do what I want. No one's going to do that. And if they did, they'd be laughed at. <laughs> but, but it's not like anyone's going to go, well, okay, they, they really want uh, Jacoby Myers back. Hey, Jacoby, come back. No, they're going to do what they want. So you can make a case for going, well, we'll we, we're going to have to read the shake of everything here. Why not just start over as close to the fresh as we can? You can make a case for that. I'm not saying I advocate for it, but you can make it. True. Yeah. All right. So now, since my computer is still in the process of updating, do the same thing you just did for the Patriots to West Virginia. <sighs> Should be a bunch of no names as usual. I, I expect to be going who? Mm-hmm, so do I. All right. Um, this isn't entirely updated. Wait, no, I think it is entirely updated. I think it's got everyone off that was supposed to be off. You should find a depth chart if yeah. that's what you're looking at. Got the... Because they're in spring ball. They should have an op- a 2D depth chart. Do-do-do-do. Um, Oh, here's some. Here's one from Twenty Four Seven Sports. So let's see what that. That's as good as you can get. It looks updated. February twenty twenty two, I think. Yep, there we are. Uh, all right. So let's see. We've got tight ends. We've got Michael Laughlin and Brian Palindi. Didn't no Laughlin uh, leave? Ah, uh, wait. Let's see. This has a this has a asterisk next to his name. So I'm gonna look and see what that means. It might be at the bottom of the article. Um, I might have scrolled too far. Uh, 
No, it doesn't show. It doesn't show what the asterisk mean. Asterisk means. I hadn't I, seen anything about him leaving, but I seem to recall he did. But I also here's the thing: they've been like a third of that team has left or come in. At mm. some point, you just stop keeping track and go. If you show up on September first at Pitt, I'll cheer you on. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's my <laughs> that's where I've gone to now. Like if you show up at Pitt, I'm cheering you on. That's all I care about right now. Yeah. Uh. And let's see. This has got. This is a as of February twenty second. This one has this. So this has this lists them as X H Z receiver. I'll just read the list regardless. Uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton. We know he left. Yep. Uh, Joseph Udo. Redshirt freshman Reese Smith. Uh, Michael Evans. Caden Prato. Oh, these are young guys too. These are like. Uh, Reese Smith's a redshirt sophomore, so I think Prater left. Of the last row. Um, hadn't seen, I hadn't, I definitely haven't seen that, but uh, obviously, I don't know who he is either, so he's just a regular sophomore. Um, but there's Jarrell Williams, a freshman. Uh, uh, it's got Sam James. Uh, he's he's uh, and then Grayson, um, less. Malashevich. Malashevich, yep. That's anyway, that's not botched that because he, he just he's one that just recently got a scholarship, right? Mm-hmm. And him him and Sam James in the slot. Oh, I think the I think the pick, I think the asterisk is who they pick to be the starting spot ah, in that position. Yep, because it says because right. it's saying why we're going with this pick or similar rivals that could have any okay, so it doesn't it just gives you the top two people that they think are gonna be in that spot. So um. Yeah. It, it's the same deal as the running backs, right? It's who the hell is going to fill this spot? Mm-hmm. It's pretty much you're either young, or you're you. They're all they're all pretty much ridiculously young. I mean, that that's basically it. But here's the thing, though: you've got an offensive coordinator in Graham Harrell who loves to throw the ball around. And you've got a situation where you're going to have a chance to make plays. That's You can figure out who's going to throw the ball to you. These, these guys got a chance to make some plays. Yeah. But yeah, at the same time, the fact that the quarterback competition will not be decided in spring, it'll probably be taken right down to the very last week before Pitt. Uh, that that concerns me with the young group of guys because if I'm splitting first team reps between two guys fighting out for the roster for the for the starting quarterback job, I no one really gets to develop that much because you're not getting those pure first team reps with the guy you're going to be in the game with. That concerns me. Mm-hmm. And in a in an offense that is, let's face it. Any passing offense is based on timing, right? And connection. If you don't have that down, it, problem. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what concerns me the most about this is that the offensive development will be hampered. It just, I. I I want to see what they look like in April on April twenty third in the spring game, but we we're not really going to know what this team looks like until probably in end of September into October. We're just not. There's no way. 
give me a non-conference schedule with road games to Virginia Tech and Pitt, and then come to me after that when we get into Big 12 play and see where we're at. Mm-hmm. It's the only way. Yes, we're going to do this in terms of we're going to look at the roster, but to really know what we got, we can't tell you that now. It would be foolish of us to, to try. Yep. But we're going to. <laughs> Why? Because we're fools, dang it. <laughs> yes, we are. In fact, I'm wearing my uh, court jester hat now. There we go. Now, having said this, as much as we joke about the transfer portal taking away, it actually giveth today. West Virginia signed from the transfer portal a linebacker from North Dakota State. Now, granted, neither of us has really had a chance to go dig in deep on this guy yet. So we can't tell you like what he does well or anything like that. But I, I want to know two things from you. Number one, what's it like to get a kid from North Dakota State? Number two, how does it feel like? Well, how does it feel to have the transfer portal and give it the set, take it away? <laughs> uh, it, it feels good to have uh, some giving a call, um, and it, it, it frankly, it it's just just on right off the bat without giving any other in depth into it is just you you just got North Dakota State. And we all know how good North Dakota State is. So that that's got to say something about the 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 uh, the guy that we just picked up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean I. I and here, here's the thing though. It the the fact that he chose West Virginia, going anywhere because of how well respected North Dakota State is, that that should tell you something. That should tell you something about what. At least how respected Neil Brown and his staff are, if mm-hmm. nothing else. Because, like, look, if you're North Dakota State, everyone's going to want you because you're North Dakota State. You could have gone anywhere. And you chose to go to West Virginia University. That, that's, uh, that, 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 that says something. Mm-hmm. And he instantly brings championship pedigree to the locker room. Yeah. He's had more success than... Here's the thing. North Dakota State is right now the better program than West Virginia University football. Mm -hmm. And it's not even all that close. Not at all. That, that That would be one matchup that... If you had it going on, it would not surprise any person, anyone. It wouldn't surprise anyone that North Dakota State would come in, give West Virginia a wallop, walk away with the money. Mm-hmm. Not a single person would be surprised. No. Not, and, and if you were, you're either too young to know how good they are, or you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> One of the two. Exactly. You've been living in a hole somewhere. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I, now, now here's, here's what make it even worse. God forbid you go up to Fargo. Ooh. You know, they were, I, I don't, I think it was, 
No, it was the Division Two uh, National Championship. Uh, the men's uh, Glenville State women's uh, they won the uh, mm-hmm. Division Two uh, State uh, National Championship. That's the Lady Pioneers, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the men's side of things, it was a school from from South Dakota. Uh, playing in the na- uh, national championship game. Can you imagine traveling in basketball season in South Dakota? <laughs> oh, it would probably it would probably be uh, pretty bad. Mm-hmm. That would uh, that that would not that would not go well. Huh. Oh. <laughs> It would go about as poorly as – actually, it might go better. I, you know, it, it, I saw a video – I was about to make a joke about a video I just saw about uh, – there was like a, a – a lot of snow came down. Not not really a lot of snow, but a lot of – in terms of a surprise snow kind of came down um, uh, in Pennsylvania, kind of uh, near me, but not really much of it hit me at all. In fact, it was basically hail uh, that did hit. Um, but the snow that came down uh, covered that portion of I-81 in Pennsylvania. And all I could see is people who should have a clear idea of what they should be doing in the snow. Because it's not like they haven't seen it before. This is Pennsylvania. Uh, just driving full speed and then smacking into each other because they neglect it. I was going to make a joke that it'd be as bad as that, but now I'm... Uh, I, maybe maybe South Dakota drivers have a little more uh, sense than that. Thing is, there's less people in South Dakota, so the odds of someone having a sense of mind is better. Yeah, that as well. Mm-hmm. A fifty car pileup on I eighty one. Jeez, and and like that, I saw like two or three big wigs just right into each other. I mean, they weren't even trying. It was. It's ridiculous. And I don't let know. me let me also say, if you ship by rail, you take those big rigs off the road. We don't have as much as much problem. <laughs> ship by rail. I guarantee you, CSX Norfolk Southern can handle this. I guarantee mm-hmm. you, they can. <sighs> well, maybe. <laughs> Both are having crew issues, so maybe, maybe not. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. But. I mean, just, yeah, you're right. But it's just, it's absolutely crazy. 50, 50 car pileups in general are just crazy. And when yeah. you find the reason why, it's just like, I, I feel bad, but you kind of asked for this. Yeah, because uh, it's just, have some common sense. But, That's all I got to say. But, 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 but. You lived in West Virginia long enough to know they're not the only people that do that. Yeah. You you, you and I both know there are people around here around here where I'm at, where you used to be at, and then people probably up around where you are, almost in West Virginia, basically is but isn't, who would do the exact same thing. Oh, maybe I'll I'll go on a record without uh, without. Uh... A regret that Maryland drivers cannot drive full crap. Absolutely, ninety-five percent of them should have their licenses revoked. Worst, worst driver, Maryland or Ohio? 
I don't have a whole lot of experience in Ohio uh, experience uh, with Ohio drivers, um, but apparently they're not that great either. They're, they're real. I joke that they don't even teach driver's ed in the state of Ohio. <laughs> now, here's the thing. My brother took that as actual fact once, and I'm like, Chase, it was just a joke. Okay, it's me being mad at the idiot in front of me. Okay, I, I, I'm just joking. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you'll have people. I'll be, uh, I'll be driving the speed limit. Some, uh, you know, I if I push anything more, it's no more than five miles over, and that's most time to get past a big rig because I don't like being next to them uh, mm-hmm. for I'll multiple reasons. Um, uh, but I'll be doing that. Or I'll just be, you know, passing a guy in the, in the left lane, and you'll got you'll have guys popping up behind you, 80, 85, 90, getting on your butt uh, on I seventy and going, get out of my way, get out of my. They, they will flash their lights in 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 your rear view mirror, and I'm and I just that just makes me want to hit my brake. Right? My mom would do that. My mom, if you come up behind her, she would slow down. I mean, I'm not speeding up because you're you're impatient. I'm I'm following the rules of the road here. You're the one being the the. The, the donkey. <laughs> I I had I was coming back from from school, and I had a guy on my tail. It was it was seventy on the interstate, and this guy wanted to go like ninety, and there was a cop no more than like two miles back. Like you just passed the cop. We're trying to make up for the five seconds you lost by gaining five minutes. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. It wasn't just that. It was like bumper-to-bumper NASCAR action. It, it, I couldn't go anywhere. I had to get around like 518. It was before I even had a chance to get over. And it's like, I guess I'm going to go 90. All right, we're going 90. I hate that. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, the people weaving in. Yeah, yeah, it's all of it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Also, my computer finally booted up. Uh, finish the update. Caden Prather is still on the roster. Gotcha. So he did not leave. He's from Maryland. He's from Montgomery Village, Maryland. Hmm. Where Montgomery Village is, I don't know, but he is from Maryland. I can't remember. I feel like I, I feel like somebody. Or I feel like I saw it somewhere, but I, I definitely know I haven't been there. You've got to go and explore Maryland more, and not just. And I don't mean just Baltimore. <laughs> Yeah. And more importantly, take me with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. You know if I go, you're going to find every rebel nook and cranny there is. You're probably like, you know what? I can do without that, okay? (laughs) I can do without being coming from me with the railroad in here. I'm good. (laughs) I mean, the the part of Baltimore I was in that uh, the the one time, you know, last uh, or back in November, there wasn't all that much to do. I mean, even if you're a native, I'm like, for that little area. Now, this was a very small portion of Baltimore, I will. But I was like, within walking distance, there, uh, uh, which was which is reasonable for me, uh, there wasn't that much. There was there was the the there was a mall complex, but it had like nothing really more so than you would expect a mall to have. In fact, it even had less than you would expect a mall to have, which was surprising given. How many people would just dale? Um, it had, but it had those those cool ship things that we only got to see one of them because only one of them was open. But 
I had an aquarium right there, but uh, a lot of good places to eat, it seemed. But I'm like, what else? What else? Well, if I go to Baltimore, I'm going with Beano Railroad Museum because they have the largest steam locomotive in the world. <laughs> Chesapeake and Ohio, 2666 Allegheny, 1604. I, I will give you an idea of how big these locomotives are. They're only two in existence. See, the forty the Cino had, forty some, the Cino had. One is in Baltimore. The other one's in the Henry Ford Museum in Detroit, Michigan. In Detroit, they had to cut the doors out of the out of the bay, so the locomotive could squeeze through. With the doors, with the bay doors on, it could not fit. Wow. That thing is massive. There is no camera that can take the full. You can't get a full view of the locomotive with the cam with any camera. It's that big. It's that massive. They have other stuff too, but I'm a CNL guy. I want to see the Allegheny. They have a canal there, but I've seen three. 27, 27, 27, 56, 2755. They have 2708, something like that. They have one there. And and Cino 490. I gotta go. They have one Cino, so I need to go. <laughs> you know, I going to Baltimore. Get ready. Uh but yeah. <laughs> so if we go to Baltimore, and if I'm with Baltimore and you're with me, we're going there, and I'm not debating that it's happening or I'm not going. I'm going to throw you out of the car and I'm going to go. I will commandeer <clears throat> your car if I have to. <sighs> <sighs> All right. So before I get down that rabbit hole, <laughs> we need to go because I'm going to start talking and we're not going to make me stop. Because we've already pissed off people from Maryland and Ohio anyway, so why not just go ahead and stop while we're ahead? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there being nothing else to discuss, once again, congratulations to the Lady Pioneers of Glenville State College for now university later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 what is it? The, the, first, the first program there to play a national championship. Like as this, far as I'm aware, yes. Like, and as far as I'm seeing, the first you know, in terms of basketball, baseball, well, not baseball, uh, well, I guess baseball too, too, football, any of that, to the state of West Virginia, in uh, excluding rifle, of course. But in terms of those, um, so that's what I'm seeing. I've not digged enough to confirm it, but I, I'm inclined to believe the the experts of Glenville State people because. You kind of have to be if, if you're following them. I would think, yes. Now, here's the thing. Let, let's point this out. The population of Glenville is about 1,400 people. Mm-hmm. The school has about 1,200 enrolled. The school they beat has about 16,000 enrolled. Yowza. They beat a school more than 10 times their size. Mm-hmm. And, and, and brought a national championship home to West Virginia. You couldn't even what put on a map if you if you ask people that aren't from West Virginia. people that live in West live in West Virginia can say where Glenville is. Mm-hmm. And I only know, I, I actually the I only know where it's at now. I couldn't tell you how to get there, but I only know where it's at for two reasons. One, my first experience there was oh, my first experience was actually running a track meet there. 
huh. my senior year. Senior year, yeah. So I've actually been there and and, and competed in a sporting event there. Um, uh, and uh, the Martinsburg High School's uh, uh, track team was there too. Uh, that was the only time That's I ever a drive competed event. against Martin. Yeah, and that was the only time I ever competed against uh, them. And it was it was some special track meet that was going on. I can't remember what the the whole deal of it was, but there were a lot of teams there that we or schools there that we never actually competed against before for multiple reasons. Um, and uh, so there's that. And then of course, you know, you pass, you know, the signs to go there on the way to Morgantown. So, but my first experience was actually being there on campus. Apparently uh, it's only like seven or eight miles from that exit. It's not far. Mm-hmm. Cause my dad and I, well, my dad always, when we go up to, to get chasey, I was like, you know, one day I'm going to go to Glenville. One day I'm going to get off and I'm going to go into go into Glenville. And I guarantee if we did that, it'd still be partying. <laughs> <laughs> yep. As well they should. And what was it, half, something like half the, at least half the roster were, were native West Virginians? So seven of the 15. So yep, basically right half. So that, that's even better. I mean, obviously you would hope a, a, a school has you know a good amount of natives, but the point being is it's still cool. Absolutely, it is. And I think three were from Wyoming East, so the southern part of the state getting some recognition. Mm-hmm. And Wyoming East also has a play on the, on the Tennessee Lady Vols. So Wyoming East is a – now, granted, if you're from southern West Virginia and you follow high school basketball, you know Wyoming East is a basketball cradle down there. You know that. But still, to, to see Wyoming East having at least two, if not three, national champions in Division Two. And Tennessee made a made a run in the uh, NC in the NCAA tournaments, uh, in the in the Division One. I. I don't care. That's pretty damn cool mm-hmm. for a little tiny school in West Virginia. Cool, absolutely. I think I'll get Wyoming East doing the Okio baseball this year. I think we play them in we play Bluefield this week, but I think we do play Wyoming East uh, at home at some time this year. So. Should get a chance to see those fine folks. Sweet. All right. So there being nothing else to discuss that will do us for season two, episode 36 of the Scientific Coaching Podcast. For Darren, I am Lucas. Thank you for listening. Darren, take us home. Adios, everybody.